From WRKF and WWNO, welcome to Louisiana Considered. I'm Adam Voss. Librarians in multiple South Louisiana parishes are responding to what they are seeing as efforts to censor the materials that they can offer in their libraries, particularly books that refer to sexual sexuality and acknowledge LGBTQ identities. The terms book bans and book censorship have been floating around ever since groups have proposed removing some of these books from access for the youngest of library patrons. More recently, even Louisiana's attorney general has spoken up about what he calls taxpayer-subsidized sexualization of children, and he set up a tip line for people to report books that they think are inappropriate in libraries. Later, we're going to hear from somebody advocating for more scrutiny over what's in libraries, Michael Lunsford with Lafayette-based Citizens for a New Louisiana. But first, let's talk to a librarian and a homeschool mom. Our first two guests have co-founded a group fighting external controls over what libraries can offer. With us, we have Livingston Parish-based school librarian Amanda Jones. She is president of the Louisiana Association of School Librarians. Welcome to the program, Amanda. Hello. Thank you for having me. We also have Lynette Mejia, a Lafayette-based writer. Both of our guests have co-founded Louisiana Citizens Against Censorship. Welcome to Louisiana Considered, Lynette. Thank you so much. So first off, you both have been involved in efforts to fight book bans and censorship in libraries. Can you get us up to date briefly on the latest efforts in Louisiana, efforts to increase restrictions on books in libraries across the state, uh, the book bans and censorship that we've been hearing about in the news? All right. Uh, the latest we've seen, we you know, in the past we've seen Lafayette Parish and Livingston Parish have been targets. Um, the latest parishes are St. Tammany and Rapides Parish. Currently, St. Tammany Parish, I've heard it's risen up to 150 book challenges. Um, Rapides is looking at a Library Board of Control member trying to change policy. Hmm. And what about in Lafayette, Lynette? Um, in Lafayette, currently we don't have any book challenges, but our board president has put in place new rules for speakers with public comment. We have things going on like state disturbing the peace statutes posted at every library entrance, which is so welcoming. We have armed guards standing on either side of the board of control members in our public meetings. So our, our public comments are being highly restricted. So that's where censorship is kind of at in Lafayette right now. So it sounds like there are efforts both from the, the channel of challenging individual books through the channels that libraries themselves have, and also some regulatory challenges from entities right. that govern the libraries. Is that right? Um, we are seeing another issue. So harassment, like the sort of thing that Amanda has endured, as well as the effect of the attorney general's tip line, where neighbors are asked to snitch on teachers and librarians in their own communities, it has a chilling effect on libraries and librarians. But will it cause librarians to think twice before ordering a book with LGBTQ content? or a book about racism, violent censorship or soft censorship it's called. And those are a direct result of the campaigns we're seeing around the state to attack libraries, librarians, and, and books. Yeah, and you're getting into my next question. What resistance are librarians and their supporters putting up against these censorship efforts? Is any of it final? Is a lot of it yet to be determined? I, I think a lot of it is yet to be determined at this point. Librarians are very scared to speak out. If you're a school librarian, you're scared to lose your job at the school level. If you're a public librarian, you have different rules as far as what you can say because you're hired by the Library Board of Control and the government. You can be fired for speaking out if you're a public librarian. So no one wants to say anything. 
Yes, for a lot of librarians, this is their job that somebody has control over, and that is kind of the, one of the main censorship issues we're talking about. What are you hearing from your fellow librarians, the ones who can't speak publicly? Is there kind of a cohesive, everybody's on the same side on this? How, how are they responding? So the librarians are very scared. Um, there's a lot of tears because when you speak out against censorship efforts and censorship attempts, you are publicly called a pedophile or a groomer. No one wants to be called that. Librarians are very angry. They're very sad. They're worried about self-censorship efforts. They're worried about their jobs. It's kind of a, we're in a holding pattern, though, like wait and see, like what can we do? Um, but eventually, I think there's going to be some lawsuits when our free speech is stifled and we see these things happening, but we're not allowed to say them because of fear of getting fired. So you mentioned some sexually charged words there that refer to some of the content that is getting attention from people who want to take this material out of the, the hands of children. What specifically are the kinds of materials getting attention from censorship advocates? Do you have any examples of books you think should stay on the shelves, accessible to the youngest of our library patrons uh, that others are pushing to keep out of their hands? They So these arguments, there they're a lot of bad faith arguments. Um, they will say that there are, you know, pornographic materials in the children's section. But if you look at the titles, for instance, uh, the ultimate LGBTQ guide for teens was in the nonfiction section of the teen section of our public library in Livingston Parish. Um, but if you look at the other books on the list that were given by a board of control member at the Livingston Parish Public Library Board meeting, you will see that um, these people say they're protecting children. When you look at the titles, it's gay parenting or it feels good to be yourself, a book about gender identity. And so um, they say they're, you know, they want to protect children from pornographic material. But when you look at the titles, what they're actually referring to is books with characters or by authors of the LGBTQ plus community. Are you um, talking about these efforts against both nonfiction, you know, educational and reference books, as well as fiction books that might have LGBT characters or, you know, sexual content? Yes, one of the two of the most uh, contentious books right now, not only in Louisiana, but across the United States, Gender Queer and All Boys Are Blue. Both of those are fictional with a little bit of autobiographical content from the authors, um, but they are young adult books with LGBTQ characters, and they are never found in the children's section, um, but people will insist that they are. And again, it's a bad faith argument. They will produce one or two books with some cartoon drawings that taken out of context might be alarming. But when you look at where they are in the library, they're not in the children's section. And you look and see that these do not fall under any pornographic statutes. And then you look at the lists. Um, it's, it's majority books with black indigenous people of color or the LGBTQ community. So historically marginalized communities. We're talking about book censorship in public libraries and school libraries with Livingston Parish-based school librarian Amanda Jones, president of the Louisiana Association of School Librarians, and Lynette Mejia, a Lafayette-based writer. Both of our guests have co-founded Louisiana Citizens Against Censorship. Lynette, what is this looking like from your perspective as a homeschool parent and a writer? I mean... It's not the librarian's job to act instead of a parent. It is every parent's right and responsibility to monitor what their own child reads and has access to in the library. You know, there's it, no one voice or even a group of voices gets to determine what's appropriate 
materials in our public libraries. You know, librarian's job is to provide a wide range of materials that reflects all members of the community. And you mentioned, Amanda, that these books are not found in a children's section. So if the end of all of this is that somehow, you know, well, these books, okay, we want to make sure these books are not in the children's section, nothing changes. Is that the end of it? Or do you have larger concerns? Well, and I want to preface this by saying that every library, whether it's a school or a public library, um, have policies in place to protect children in the community. And they always have challenge and reconsideration policies. Every library in the United States, you can go in and you can fill out a form, a reconsideration policy, and you can have that book reviewed. Um, And I'm all for that. I'm a parent myself. But I think we need to leave it up to the professionals. If the professionals decide it needs to be relocated, I'm for that. If that's what the professionals believe, it needs to be an individual case-by-case, book-by-book basis, though. Um, But I'm afraid that there are going to be blanket bannings and relocations across Louisiana and all parishes because a few vocal minorities object to a book. And I think that when we make blanket statements or these board meetings where people are not certified librarians, they're not uh, trained, and they just want to move books blatantly, they're restricting other parents' right to decide what their children want to read. Are you afraid that this is a slippery slope, that it's not just going to end at some books not being in the you know, children's section or you know, not being accessible to youth unless they have a parent with them? Or is this a slippery slope where censorship could go further as a result of these efforts? It's definitely a slippery slope. You start with wanting to ban one book or relocate one book, then all of a sudden they want to ban another and another and relocate another. And then you find that my my fear is that uh, they will relocate an entire section of books for LGBTQ. Um, then it turns into like, oh, those books need their own section. And then to me, that's how far do you go on that? That that brings us back to the 1950s where like we have separate water fountains. I mean, it's the same to me. You are marginalizing an entire community of people by saying that they don't matter, books about them and their families don't matter, and that we need to relocate them to an entire different section. And what you're highlighting, it sounds like, is that these decisions right now are in local communities' hands. Correct. And and I will say, you know, Attorney Attorney General Jeff Landry, he, um, you know, he created this this tip line. If he himself cannot tell you a title of a book in a library in Louisiana that violates any of these statutes, what is the need for this tip line other than to further create hysteria and use librarians as political pawns? I was just going to say, with regards to Jeff Landry, he's been attorney general for, what, seven years now? If he was so concerned with pornography in libraries, why haven't we seen any librarians convicted in seven years? Why haven't we seen this tip line in seven years? It's pretty obvious from my point of view, this is just a political ploy because he's getting ready to run for government. Amanda Jones is a Livingston Parish-based school librarian, president of the Louisiana Association of School Librarians. Amanda, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. And Lynette Mejia is a writer from Lafayette, and along with Amanda is a co-founder of Louisiana Citizens Against Censorship. Lynette, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. From WRKF in Baton Rouge and WWNO in New Orleans, you're listening to Louisiana Considered. I'm Adam Voss. With librarians speaking up about what they see as potential book bans and prior restraint, a flavor of censorship, we also wanted to speak with one of the community members advocating for more public scrutiny over the materials on offer at public and school libraries. With us is Michael Lunsford, executive director of the organization Citizens for a New Louisiana. Welcome to the program. 
Thanks for having me, Adam. So, Michael, we're hearing about book bans and censorship. There are strong words that pick out some fundamental American values like the freedom of speech and the privileges we take for granted to read what we want to read. What's the central issue to you? What would you call it? Are you indeed advocating for banning certain materials from libraries? Well, so anytime you engage in the political realm, you have two sides on the opposite ends of the spectrum, like as far apart as you can get, right? There are people in the middle, right? But the people on the opposite ends of the spectrum try to control the language. So you have folks on one side that are going to say book banning censorship, you know, y'all are a bunch of Nazis, and, you know, the last time this happened was in the 1930s. You know, you get all of those uh, word pictures from those folks because they want to defend the idea that these books should be in the library. Now, on the other side, we don't want to ban books. We don't want to necessarily uh, have them out of the library, but we think they should be appropriately shelved. Now, if we're talking about specific books that are designed and written for children that have, um, we'll call it explicit content, I, I don't think those should be in the children's section, first of all. And if they're specific, like this is this one we uh, looked at earlier is a cartoon drawing book that shows you how to do things. I, I don't know that something targeted to children would naturally fit in the adult section anyway. So should it be in the library at all? You know, personally, uh, I think probably not. Should we be spending our tax dollars to get this stuff in there? Yeah, probably not. Um, but our position has been at least get it out of the children's section. If it's in the adult section and you're like one of those parents that, look, I want to have this conversation with my kids. I want to show them all this stuff. It's in the library. You can still go get it. It's in the adult section. And as long as you're in control as the adult, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. So would you argue that some of these books don't belong in the library period and you want people involved in making sure that doesn't happen? So the, the, it shouldn't be in the library period perspective from our angle isn't that we should take these books out of the library and throw them away. It's a curation question. You know, obviously, even the Library of Congress can't have every single book ever written. What's the process you use to determine which materials come in and which materials don't? I think if we're using tax dollars to purchase materials that are pornographic in nature, it's supporting the thought process that more of these types of materials should be made available for children. And I think that's not necessarily a good thing. Curation-wise, you know, certainly um, we have what's called contemporary community standards. That's how we determine what is pornography and what isn't. And who gets to determine contemporary community standards, in my opinion, would be the library board. Now, what does that mean? So, for example, I'm in Lafayette. Say Lafayette is the single most conservative town in the entire United States. You know, I, I think there are people that have an issue with that determination, and I'm, I'm one of them thinking, I don't think they got that quite right. But still, you have that, and then you have like an Orleans parish. So the community standards in each of these communities could be vastly different. So it's not to say one size fits all. Lafayette shouldn't have it. Orleans shouldn't have it either. It's the, the board gets to decide because they are the selected folks to represent the elected officials on that board. And it's up to them to figure this stuff out. Mm -hmm. So tell me, what kind of control are you advocating for over the materials found in libraries that we don't have right now? Well, I don't know that I'm advocating for control. I think um, what we need more of is folks to pay attention. Are they actually, when these books come out, are they looking through them? Are they Obviously, they can't read them all. But this one here that's a picture book, are they even flipping through it to see what the material is? Uh, the answer I've gotten back from various directors at the highest level, like the super librarian at the library, the guy that's in charge of everything, uh, they've said, look, we don't have these books. You know, what happens is we go to the manufacturer or the, uh, the publisher's website, 
we look and see, okay, what's hot, what's new right now, what's got awards. We go to Amazon or, or Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. We check the five-star reviews. We'll stick it on the shelf. We don't necessarily look at them. So I think um, what we need more of is librarians to actually curate these books and take a little bit closer look at them. Librarians will make a point that local libraries across the state already have systems in place for reviewing librarians' decisions about the materials that are in libraries and who gets access to them. Isn't a statewide system on top of that? For instance, the Attorney General's tip line that recently made news, isn't that just duplicative and redundant of systems that are already in place? Well, certainly using the systems the library provides is the best way to get any results. And that's what I try to explain to people when they call us and ask, what should we do about these materials? Like, well, there's a process in place for a reason. But really, uh, if you find some material in your library that you think is inappropriate, you have to file that reconsideration request form. That generally goes to a quiet group of librarians who will review it. And most reasonable people would agree that some like this, you know, some of these books that I brought with me today uh, have agreed. So uh, should the state be doing this? Well, you know what? I think that if nothing else, the fact that this tip line is out there will give pause to some librarians and some library board members to say, wait a minute, if the attorney general is setting up a tip line, maybe we should be taking a closer look at some of this. You know, maybe we should be paying more attention. Librarians will be concerned about a slippery slope. Once you let a little bit of regulation get its foot in the door, you get more and more of it, and you're on the road to authoritarianism. Can you not imagine that getting the ball rolling on more oversight over libraries will keep pushing the situation in that direction, that direction of further supervision, further oversight, taking books out of library, more censorship, librarians worried about their jobs? So is it a slippery slope? Well, I don't think so. Um, I think that if the material is unsuitable, I think um, it should be moved to the adult section. And again, unsuitable isn't necessarily something for you and I to determine what's unsuitable for all children, but we certainly don't want everyone to just come in and accidentally stumble across this material. We're talking with Michael Lunsford with Citizens for New Louisiana about how we determine what books we find in public libraries and school libraries in our state and about the efforts to increase the scrutiny that community members have over library materials. When we talk about these book bans, often what we are talking about are books with LGBTQ themes. Why are those books more often deemed inappropriate? What impact might that have on LGBTQ youth? Well, I'll say I, the materials that I've brought to the attention of local library systems and parents that are concerned about this may touch on those topics. But the primary thrust of our objection is gratuitous and detailed imagery and words that are simply not appropriate for anyone in any persuasion. But uh, you certainly don't need an instruction manual on how to operate um, items for your own pleasure. That's not appropriate for children. Hmm. So the ACLU recently argued in a lawsuit against a similar book restriction push in Texas that efforts like yours create a, quote, pervasive, hostile atmosphere for LGBTQ plus students. Are you concerned about what your group's message sends to those students? Well, our messaging has has been very consistent, and I don't care, you know, if it happens to be LGBT variety. Oh, and I will say this, if, if you have someone who is supporting the idea that these books should absolutely be in front of children, I would encourage them to hold these books open 
and show them to you while they're telling you that this material should be available to children. If you look at the content for yourself, any reasonable person I've talked to has been shocked and appalled to find out that this is in the children's section. Have you spoken to any librarians at all? Can you tell me how they feel? They've long been regarded as sort of public servants, and now many of them are being vilified, some facing harassment and even being forced out of their jobs. Amanda Jones, for instance, a librarian in Livingston, who spoke out against censorship, even received a death threat. How do we prevent these culture wars from going too far? What's your responsibility in that? What's your role in keeping that dialogue civilized? Well, you know, just talking about death threats, I get, you know, we get death threats all the time in my organization, you know, from folks that are nuts. That just goes with the territory when you're out there uh, on the, the point of the spear, as, as the congressman likes to say, uh, you're going to have pushback. Uh, you might have to remind me the, uh, the the first part of your question. Yeah. Um, have you spoken to any librarians? What have you heard from them? So in Lafayette, the new director there, Danny Galane, hey, and I say that I'm not, I'm, I'm not speaking for him. I'm just interpreting what I see. I, I haven't talked to him about this, but my interpretation is he said, look, I just want to get out of the news. I just want to go back to having books and having kids come and people come check out books and use our services and use our computers and use our 3D printers and all the things that they do. And I don't want anyone to ever talk about us in the news. I just think that's the way a library should be. And I think that's the way it ought to be everywhere. Now, if you're in the news because you're actively pushing a, and I'll say a blatant political agenda, then yeah, you, you, you should work diligently to get out of the news. Now, yes, we have talked to librarians. I've had a number of them call me to say, thank you for what you're doing. Keep doing it. I can't speak up or speak out for fear of retribution, but absolutely, this shouldn't be in the kids section. So, uh, yeah, it's, there's a mix. You um, mentioned, you know, one of the ultimate types of control you have over the library is the the parish, the parish council, the police jury, and sure, they control the money the library gets, they can punish the library for doing things that the, the public doesn't appreciate, and the librarians will see that as a threat on their job. Are you concerned at all uh, prior restraint, that type of censorship where you self-censor because you're afraid? What do you have to, to say to librarians that are going to be concerned about that? Well, I think if you are comfortable holding the book open in a uh, reading time for kids – and showing them pictures in that book, all the kids that happen to be at reading time and explaining to them what's in that book, then you're fine. You know, if you would be concerned that that would cause some um, some parents some distress, serious distress, then maybe you should consider whether that book should be in the children's section. Uh, now, that said, I'm obviously, you know, I have uh, family that are, you know, that don't always agree with me on these political philosophical things. And I get it that, you know, if, if it's going to make you blush, Oh, okay. Well, it made you blush. I mean, it's not really, it's not going to kill anybody, right? It's not going to hurt anybody. No one, there's no permanent damage. Let's, okay, it made you blush. Let's, it, it doesn't need to come out of the kids section because somebody blushed about it. But at the same time, uh, the books that we're talking about aren't the ones that just make you blush. They're the ones that uh, will, some people are falling over looking at this stuff. There'll, there'll be people kind of on the side of more oversight. What do you say to them as far as the quality of public discourse when it comes to, you know, the names that are called, the the words that are used calling librarians, you know, pedophiles, things like that? Well, I've never used any of these terms. I've been accused of using those terms. The fact is we focus back to the material. Okay, well, what do you think of this material? Is this acceptable? Is this appropriate? Now, when you talk about public discourse, uh, in Lafayette, it was just Monday night was the Library Board of Control meeting. One of the people in the audience was removed for ad hominem attacks against specific naming board members, calling them names, saying mean things about them. That's not what 
public discourse is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about the issue. But if you start calling people names, you've already lost. Michael Lunsford, executive director of the Lafayette-based organization Citizens for New Louisiana. Michael, thanks for being here today. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we ran out of time today for our guest, Kerry Westenberg, who we hope to speak with about the history of book censorship in Louisiana. We'll have that conversation, though, tomorrow, Thursday, here on Louisiana Considered. Our managing producer is Alana Schreiber, and our digital editor is Caitlin Umholtz. Our engineers are Garrett Pittman, Aubrey Purcell, and Thomas Walsh. I'm Adam Voss. Thanks for listening. Major support for Louisiana Considered provided by Rouse's Markets, a Louisiana shopping experience, with additional support from Tulane School of Public Health.